Welcome, everybody, to episode 511 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. I'm Corey. Today's topic is going to be Tactics Ogre Reborn. That's how it goes, right? Yeah. Correct. Perfect. Uh, so this type of game is is really in our wheelhouse as far as uh, games that we like to play. Specifically, Corey. Uh, Corey's talked at length about the tactical RPGs and Final Fantasy Tactics has long been one of our favorite games, uh, favorite game series. Same same with Fire Emblem, uh, a little more recently. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a very valued game type in our on our podcast, right? Certainly. So outside of that, uh, do you guys have anything you want to tease? We're going to be talking about the Game Awards nominees. We probably won't go over all the nominees, but some of the important categories. And, of course, Game of the Year. Uh, that's going to be December 8th, I believe. I think I saw the date was. Um, so we'll go over the nominees for that. Do you guys have anything you want to talk about later on specifically you want to mention right now? I'll be talking about more God of War, Ragnarok. Okay. Um yeah, mainly God of War Ragnarok. I'm kind of split between a bunch of different games right now. God of War Ragnarok, Tactics Ogre Reborn, Triangle Strategy. The new Pokemon games come out today. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so it's kind of a lot to play at one time, but I'm trying to get through it. I want to platinum God of War ASAP, though. That's my goal. Sure. Corey, anything? No, I think I've pretty much just been on a Tactics Ogre Reborn addiction this past week, so um, nothing really else. Okay. At least not that I can recall. There's uh, that Game Pass game I want to play, that Pentiment game. Are you, is that what, are you yeah, you told, that? That told us cool. about it. Pretty good. Um, the creative director of it was just on um, Colin's Xbox podcast. Okay. They have, yeah. We were really interesting. Nice. All right. Well, take it away, fellas. Let's hear about Tactics Ogre Reborn. I'll um I'll start just because I think I've played the most of it. Um, I put in another good session last night, so I'm about thirty hours in. Nice. Um, towards wow. the start of towards the start of chapter three, which I have this rule for games that I like really and am enjoying. I don't look anything up online just because I want to have the full first experience on my own. Um, once I get late in the game and I feel like I've unlocked all the mechanics and have my head wrapped around how the game works, then I might you know, look and just see what I might be missing before I beat the game. Um, but yeah, I've put that much time into it because I do like it so much. Um, just a little background info. It's as Dan mentioned, it's a tactical RPG set in a fantastical medieval um, setting reminiscent of like Europe in the like 1200s, maybe. Um, and you play the character. His name is Denim. Um, although I, I can't remember. There's a lengthy character creation process where you're making a lot of selections. I don't know what kind of influence those selections have on the game. Uh, again, that's another thing typically I would look up if I had played the game, but um, I haven't. So I'm curious to see how all that stuff plays out. Uh, that's something you're, you look up after and then see how it, how it was influenced, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're choosing things that define your character's background a little bit but um long story short you're part of a resistance from a failed sort of war um you're like the last remaining faction and you end up fighting back and then you get swept up in the in the tides of war and there's a lot of deception and backstabbing and you're just trying to navigate it and do right by the people who are close to you but also the people you represent so a lot of political intrigue um, and that's one thing that really struck me right away was how similar the game is to Final Fantasy Tactics. 
And I know there's a story there, but I can never really remember what it is. Will, do you do you know that stuff? Why they're so similar? Yeah. Uh, pretty much the the guy who was the creative director did Tactics. Right after, after Tactics Ogre, right? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like a lot of the same people. Gotcha. It's okay, just so that's more more refined. Because I I mean this game was a little bit rougher um for the older version, but this one they did a lot of. Uh, quality of life adjustments to it to make it a little bit better but um gotcha. yeah so it's a lot of the same people yeah so matsuno i was the guy yeah i don't i can't i don't know anybody's name um i'm a bad consumer of the art for that reason but uh yeah so the remake a lot of changes at least i suspect there are a lot again i don't really know because i never played the original played a ton of final fantasy tactics um back in the 90s and early 2000s and to this day i'm still playing it so um i can run through any of the um changes that you want me to do really quick yeah let's do that um after we kind of talk about some of the other aspects of the game just because um it might enlighten some of the points that you're going to bring up but the the first thing that struck me um beyond the similarity to final fantasy tactics even the intro uh but that's the like great presentation the the stirring soundtrack that could be from a movie you know with a orchestra string section the whole thing um very inspiring which was also similar in tactics um and then they have like a flashy intro that kind of sets the stage for the game. Again, I don't know what was added there and, and what existed previously. Um, but there's the the quality of life improvements are definitely apparent. I don't I don't know like the Warren report, I think was something that was added. Um, but the Warren report is great because as I talked about with the backstory of the game, like it's basically an encyclopedia about all the characters and events that have happened. So you can refer back to what happened if things don't make sense. Um, for a 90s game, it is a very kind of deep story um, with some heavy themes, just like Final Fantasy Tactics was and something we liked about the game at that time, like the writing and everything was a little more advanced than we were used to in a video game. Uh, and that's definitely the case here as well. The voice acting, I think, is really well done for all the characters. Um, I think, was that a criticism of mine from Octopath Tra Traveler? It was... Uh, it was until you said you it grew on you a lot. Okay. It, Octopath yeah, and then uh, Triangle Strategy, too. Right, yeah. So I and I didn't have that feeling in this game, so um, I took that to mean that the voice acting was really, really quite good. Uh, but yeah, I guess just to pull back a little bit and just say, like, I really, I really love the game. It's just a treat to play, and it reminds me of... Uh, when I would sit down to play like a triangle strategy or like a symphony of war, like just these games that you look forward to playing and you treat, uh, treat, treat them accordingly in that, like, I don't, I'm not doing anything to get through this game for the sake of efficiency. Like I am enjoying every aspect and taking my time after every battle and like re-kitting my characters, making sure everybody has items, making sure everybody's upgraded fully um, and just taking my time with it. And it struck me too, because we've recently talked about Sparks of Hope and I just had a totally different experience with that game where I was playing it to like, just kind of see what happened, but didn't really care about anything 
Whereas in this game, I care about the characters. I care about the story. Like I'm interested in the story and that's going to help get me through it. Um, the combat is challenging enough and interesting enough to like have me look forward to that aspect of the game. Uh, there's a lot more randomness and strategy and all the things that keep me engaged that a game like Sparks of Hope like had, you know, was a great game overall, just didn't have any any interesting aspect to it that was carrying me through. So that's my short answer to what I thought of the game. But um, I want to hear what Will thinks. I know, Will, you're not too far in, but I'm curious. Yeah, I've only played uh, two hours of it. Um, I think what this game does that sparks of hope kind of doesn't do is has more depth to the characters so like when you're playing sparks of hope most of the time you can only carry teams of three very rarely teams of four uh and this one you carry teams of eight or what 10 12 units usually um and then like you inspect literally every aspect to them from their class to gear to skills to items um because uh, one of the changes that this game actually did apparently was how they kind of do skills so instead of like like in final fantasy tactics um before like if you were a wizard you would just have the entire wizard skill tree unlocked, but in this game, it's a little bit different because you can spec and put on different specific skills, and you can do up to th three, four different skills at a time. Corey, I don't know if that's... Yeah, it's it's four skills, but then you also get, like, finishing moves, and then there's spells, so there's yeah. different... Yeah. Different, a whole different other variety of stuff that you can like basically equip to each character, which is really cool. So, like, I have two different mages that I run like, one does ice, water, and earth spells, and the other does fire, lightning, um, wind spells. So, it's like you can kind of specialize them. Um, you can also specialize what elements the characters are proficient and resistant to, which is pretty cool. Um, so you have a lot more customization, which I think is kind of lacking in Sparks of Hope. Um, and another thing that they did that's cool that I noticed, um, how they do, they used to do random battles like Final Fantasy Tactics used to, where you just walk over a tile or whatever, uh, on the world map, and then you just go into a random battle. And this one, they don't do that. What it is, is each individual place that you travel, um, has a training battles that you can do so you just go on the menu and where it would be listed with like the shop warn report all of that it would be listed as training so you yeah. just click that and then you basically go into a training battle which is really cool um i will say one thing i don't like is that they max what level your characters can get by the party level um, yeah i hate that i really don't like that so I is that was that one of the quality of life improvements or one of the improvements they made with the the remake? It's not listed. That doesn't mean that this um, list is not is completely accurate because you know they say at the bottom of it and many more. Yeah. Know, to quality of life. So I did find that a little annoying, Will. But then I also realized what they do is if you if you are the max level for where you are in the story. And part of the reason I like that they do it is because it helps keep things really balanced. You can still be at the high end of the max level, and that makes things a little bit easier than if you're at the low end. But yeah. you can't, like, power level your character, or over level your characters to power through um, battles. But what I found out that they do is if you are at the max level and you earn a bunch of experience, they give you experience charms, 
which is basically like an item that you can use to give your characters experience down the road. So you're not oh, okay. technically losing all of that experience. You're losing, I think, a, a portion of it, but not all of it. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a nice compromise, you know, because I, I could see that frustration. It, it kind of takes away from some of the flexibility of the game, but because they give you that item, it's not like you're totally wasting the experience you earn in, in the battles. Okay, that's fair. I Because I was, like, noticing that, like, I'm literally, like, level 5 is the max party level that I'm at right now. And, like, everyone's level 5. And it's, like, I kind of wanted to mess around a little bit with some, like, classes and items and all that. But it's, like, well, it's kind of, like, not... There's no point in doing it if it's just kind of... Yes. Kinda level at the same time. So you, one of the things you mentioned was the depth, right, of the, of the gameplay, mostly. But also, uh, I wanted to bring up in that aspect, the depth of the story as well. Um, all the characters have some sort of backstory you pick up along the way. And the characters are transient in that you might run into a story character who, based on your decision-making, decides to join your team, and they could die in the course of a battle and you would lose them permanently. Um, but if they stay alive, chances are good that later on in the game, if they're in your party when you're in a battle and they're fighting against or with another character that they knew from previously in the story, they'll talk in the battle. And that's something that's like really unique that you wouldn't see if you, A, didn't put that character in the battle, and or B, let that character die, or C, didn't make the choices that allowed you to have that character in your party to begin with. Um, so it's brought out some interesting story bits that I think give the game a lot of replayability, but also it's just like that engaging sort of uh feeling that you know you you look forward to seeing what happens to these characters and how they interact with each other because the world is so rich which was another note i made early on in the game is um for me and this never really used to be the case but for me i'm finding myself maybe it's old age but more and more drawn into games that have a fully fleshed out world and backstory and mm -hmm. that's what this game is you feel like you're dropped into the middle of a war with a whole history of information and characters and you know it's it's very uh well thought out that's not the right phrase i'm looking for but it's it's very cohesive i guess yeah. um the backstory and, and the way it draws you in i'll i'll second that Corey, and <clears throat> not just in video games but in any media that i consume which is very little uh, that's one of the reasons why I like Game of Thrones so much is that has a very rich history of interesting people and places and characters. And, you know, it's that's one of the reasons why I like it so much. So that and that translates also over to games, you know. Yeah. And I mean, you compare it again to like a Sparks of Hope and it's like, OK, like we know a little bit about these characters because it's the Mario universe, but there's no there's nothing there. There's nothing to chew on there. Um, which isn't necessarily Mario's style, but you go back to like a Super Mario RPG and there was some of that there, you know, with Smithy's sure. backstory. Um, it did have that some of that stuff that made that world a little more interesting to, to live in and, and interact with the characters. See, I like games, though, sometimes that are like that. Um, I call it, those are like soul food games where I can play it and like listen to podcasts or watch a YouTube video while I play it. And I think that... Uh, I find that just as valuable sometimes because like I'm playing God of War Ragnarok triangle strategy and this game I can't listen to a podcast or anything while I'm playing those games because there's so much lore in all of these games that 
you're doing yourself a disservice to just not listen to any of the story. And sometimes I don't play video games because it's like, well, the games I'm all playing right now are really like story heavy and I don't want to focus right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I don't. I totally agree with that, Will. I one of the games I love from this year is Hard Space Shipbreaker, and that has a extremely minimal story. And it is like you know, it is a podcast listening game for yeah. the most part. You know, there's little bits of story you'll want to pick up on, but few and far between. And it only demands 30 seconds of your attention um, mm-hmm. over a span of you know two hours of gameplay. So I, I agree with you, but I guess my point is like, if there is nothing else in the game, that's one thing that can help keep you engaged. You wouldn't want to, because there's nothing else interesting to me in Sparks of Hope, that's something that they could add to that game that would give it that depth that would keep me engaged with it. Mm. Um, but the, it's just not there. So yeah, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like I need that in every game. That's not the case, but I guess it just depends on the kind of game and, and what else the game has going for it. But I even think in, in like God of War's case, um, I haven't played the new one, but I've played, I played the last one. The, the gameplay is fun enough that I don't think you need to pay attention to the story, but I also, ah, think you, you do your, you do yourself a disservice. Right. Yeah. That's how that was what yeah. I was going to say. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, but still, I think that game has enough going for it that you can certainly enjoy it, but yeah, you'd also be missing out on a lot of the, the great parts of that game. Yeah. And I will say this game has a lot. I didn't I don't know. I like I can't believe an older game like this was doing this with all the different choices that you can make with different story moments. Um It's kind of crazy from what I've gathered. I haven't played through a ton of it, so I don't I haven't reached a lot of different moments where you can kind of choose different paths, but I guess that's very much prevalent in this game. Yeah, and I, again, I don't know to what extent cuz I haven't looked up what decisions cause what to happen but that's part of what makes the game so fun for me and um even if it is the illusion of choice and things aren't really that different i'm still cool with cool with it because it makes me think like my choices are have these huge uh huge influence on the game i watched a couple of reviews and they said that it actually like does like pretty derivative each choice that you make changes quite a bit Okay. Yeah, it but seems I, I don't it know. seems it seems that way to the point where you're like choosing which factions to join in the war at certain points, you know, which again lends itself really well to a lot of replayability. Um the maybe well now might be a good time to run through the list of changes because the quality of life improvements in this game are very apparent. Um in that, like, there's very little about this game that feels dated. Um, I'd put it right up against some of the recent releases for tactical RPGs in terms of quality of life, gameplay improvements, and um, polish, and, like, spell animations, all that kind of stuff. It feels like a modern game. I didn't, I can't think of anything in the game that made me feel like this was a game that came out originally in the late 90s. Yeah, so uh, high-definition characters' backgrounds, um, an updated user interface and sound improvement. So a redesigned battle system. Um, so they do a unit-by-unit level system. So the class-wide level management system found in Tactics Ogre um, has been replaced by unit-by-unit level system. Um, so I guess there wasn't a unit-by-unit battle system. Um, so each character has their own individual classes, abilities, levels, all of that. Um, battle AI overhaul, so the AI is way better. Uh, playability improvements such as um, cards in the battlefield, auto saves, um, 
different gear uh, sets, um, faster paced. Um, let's see here. What else here? Yeah, I have my battle speed turned up all the way. Yep, skill ru uh, rules have been revamped. So, um, as I mentioned, they have the earlier they have these different skills, consumables, and magic. Um, they basically made it so the finishing moves, ninjutsu, and war dances have been updated. So everything costs uh, magic points as opposed to TP and MP, which is always nice. Uh, charms yep. have been added. Um, charms, um, charms are what allow you to change your class's elemental affinity. So we'll mention that they have uh, elemental affinities for all the characters. Your character is born with an affinity to water, earth, fire, whatever it happens to be. And charms allow you to change that. But charms also are what you get for experience. Um, if you're at the max level, they'll give you an experience charm that you can use as an item to give your character experience down the road when they're not at max level. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, um, scout features, so you can scout on the battlefield, you can save up to five different parties, uh, buff cards, as I mentioned. So I mentioned um, how I'm really taking my time with the game. I also scout the battlefield before every battle to see who I'm dealing with, what their abilities are, um, just to figure out how to counter it. Uh, again, another thing I really like about the game that I think Sparks of Hope falls a little short on is the, the difficulty, um, it's it has a great difficulty curve. I've had to restart a couple battles um, just because they were a little more difficult than I was anticipating, and I didn't have the right strategy in place. But always there's a useful strategy that makes it a lot easier. So if you spend the time to actually scout out the battlefield, see what kind of terrain is going on, see what kind of characters are out there, what their abilities are, what their elemental affinities are, um, you can put together a more effective strike team. Yeah, which, like, if you uh, go into a battle with the wrong elemental affinities, it can be more of a slog. Like, you'll be fine, but it can still be a slog. Yeah, I mean, it's it's because the because the combat, um, the battles are so well-balanced, again, because I think because of the, the level cap, you know, it kind of keeps things easy for them to optimize. Um, because of that, the, the line between victory and defeat is pretty thin. So having the right elemental affinities, even though it's it's not going to make a huge difference in the damage that you do, you might go from, it might do like 10% more damage if you have the right elemental affinity. That 10% more damage can make a big difference in mm -hmm. the, the way the battle goes. Uh, this also says that you can revive incapacitated units. I don't know if it seems like in the other one you couldn't, but they do the Final Fantasy Tactics thing where there's a timer, so when everyone's turn, that like round is done, so then the counter will drop down by one, and it's three, two, one, zero, and then after that they become deceased. So that must be, must not have been a thing in the original. Yeah, so last night I was playing, and uh, it was in this battle, and I think I was fighting pirates... And I had two wizards that I brought in. They were a little bit lower leveled. Um, I like to like to just play the characters that, um, first of all, I put the characters in, I think are going to make the biggest difference. But then I'll put in the characters that are the lowest level just to keep getting them experience. And I had two wizards in there. And they both ended up dying in the course of the battle. And the battle was like, maybe, probably took me 30 minutes. Ooh. So when I got to the very end, I'm like, Ugh, do I want to restart this battle so I don't lose those two characters, or do I just let them go and move on? Uh, but I hadn't lost any characters up to this point yet, so I decided, I ultimately decided to restart um, so that they didn't die. But part of the reason I did that was because one of the characters was, or actually both of the characters were originally story characters, 
Um, and they had been throwing in some dialogue here and there with other characters I would run into on the battlefield. So I didn't want to miss out on any more of that. So yeah, that's yeah. why I ultimately decided to, to restart so they didn't die. But yeah. yeah, it's crazy how deep this game is with all of that. And it was a, what, 2000 game or something like that? Yeah, something. What, what, system, <clears throat> what system did it originally come out for? Was it Nintendo 64? But I, don't, I don't know. Oh, PlayStation. I really don't know. Again, this is I knew about this game like in the periphery throughout my whole life, uh, but I knew very little about it and never played it until this reborn. Well, it was it, it was the type of situation where back in the day, you know, our parents bought us the games, and if it was a Nintendo Super Nintendo or Nintendo sixty four game, it was wildly expensive. So. So Tactics Ogre, Let Us Cling Together, uh, came out on October 6th of 1995, originally. PlayStation Portable, Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, nice. PlayStation, Sega Saturn. Wow. And then it got re-released on the PSP in 2010. Okay. So Super Nintendo. One. Yeah, so it's an old one. Um, you mentioned some other things, Will, in the quality of life improvements that I really appreciate. Uh, the battle cards is something I find really unique and also helpful and adds another layer of strategy. There are three type of, types of battle cards. There are blue buff cards, which are just buffs that are temporary for the battle. Um, there are red unbuff cards. So if you have a bunch of buffs on your character and you walk on a tile that has a red unbuff card, you lose all your buffs. But that also can get interesting if um, characters have abilities to push you to different tiles because they can push you onto a tile that's an unbuff tile. Uh, but then there are green buff cards, and those are permanent. So if you kill an enemy and he drops a green buff card, it's always in your best interest to pick those up right away because um, you can have a plus to one of your stats for the for the entirety of the game. So those are really nice and add a nice feature and but they're also helpful some of those battles that are really difficult if you're careful and you uh get your character one or two of the strength buffs uh from the blue buff cards you can do a lot more damage and that makes you much more effective and and has turned the tide of many difficult battles for me so um it is a nice nice feature um yeah. what else i don't know there's a lot to talk about with the game it, it but I mean, I don't know how. I guess I could talk about some of my dislikes. Um, I had one crash to desktop, no warning. Uh, I just got the switch. The software was closed because an error occurred, message, and that was it. And I lost. I was mid battle, so I lost, you know, 25 minutes or so of, of gameplay. You said you have switch. it on Switch? Yeah. Because did it come out for PC too? There's another. Or PlayStation? Everything but Xbox. Okay. Which is hilarious. Yeah. Gotcha. I guess I didn't know it came out on PC. Well, I, I would have gotten it on Switch anyway because I like to have the cartridge so I can trade it in uh -huh. and I'm done with it. But uh, that was one thing I didn't like. The other thing I didn't like was I found the like equipping uh, and buying and just yeah setting up your characters uh, to be a little bit tedious. But I don't oh, know yeah. what the fixes for that i can't remember if it was yeah it was tactics where you went into a shop you could select your character and just push the optimize button and it would give them all the best equipment for your character that the shop had available 
I was and gonna I really I really miss that feature in this game because you you have to go in and just check the stats on every item to see if it's actually better for your character. It doesn't have the the uh, Square Enix Final Fantasy sort of uh, graphic that has the avatar with a up arrow on it to say you know if your character can equip it and if it's better than what they currently have. Um, so that doesn't exist makes the makes that aspect of the game a little annoying. There's a lot of information on that screen. Yep. Immediately. Yeah. That you got to dig through to be able to uh, gear out your character. Yeah. It's not, it's not too bad because there aren't a ton of options. Like your character, depending on their class, can equip a certain number of weapons. But I'm, again, like almost 30 hours in, and uh, my characters have like four options at the shop for their primary weapon class, you know? So there's not like, there's a ton of stuff to dig through. Um, but as Will noted, there is a lot of other information on the screen and it just, it, it's just kind of messy and, and tedious. Do they have, uh, I mean, different weapons that you pick through story or other characters that drop like stuff like that? Not that I've seen. Um, okay. the, some of the accessories I think are unique to certain characters. Uh, the what are they bracelets i can't remember what they are the bottom yeah. item yeah. um but other than that i haven't seen any custom equipment um which would be nice that'd be a nice thing to add uh but my biggest takeaway though from the game was if this is the treatment that final fantasy tactics is going to get for its remaster i really can't wait i'm excited to see what they do to be honest with you yeah if they do they get... full voiceover for everything you know clean up the story a little bit yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. Uh, I think the remake or not remake. Well, maybe it'll be a remake. Uh, who knows? Um, whatever they do with tactics, I think it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty special. I think that's why they've. I think they're getting all of these out because they've done a lot of remakes, remasters, just to like try some stuff out before they get to tactics because they know they can't. If they mess that up, people won't be won't be happy the main thing they have to do is make it make it so that you don't get stuck in those there's like rio, two rio, rio veins, veins castle, castle. yep <laughs> uh and then there's another one that's that's a multiple seller level where you go underground that's another one you can get stuck on if you're not careful uh the church yeah or a bane church yes there is there is that in tactics ogre dan oh really uh, they they and they advise you to in the course of the game they advise you to have multiple saves for that reason uh so at least they give you a heads up like because yep. i got stuck in that rio veins castle thing multiple times back in the you know early 2000s or whatever whenever you know i fire up tactics i mean do we know anybody who's ever be we griff and one-on-one like fairly i don't think it's pop i mean it depends on your definition of fairly like I guess anything within the confines of the game is fair, you know, but. Well, so like, cause I do it where I do the, the yell and uh, scream thing. So you like, you yell to buff your speed and then scream to buff your damage for like th four rounds of turns, just so you can get like four or five hits in before he goes, because that's usually enough to kill him. But like, if you're doing it, like you go, he goes, you go, he goes, there's no way you can beat it. Right. Yeah. Fairly. I don't think so. Um, just for some background for people who might not know what we're talking about, there's this mission in Final Fantasy Tactics where you go in and it's multiple battles. So if you save between battles, your save state is in between battles and there's no way to 
get outside of the battle to level up your character, buy items, to really do anything. So what you went into that second battle with is what you're stuck with. And you have to beat a one-on-one -on -one battle that's really difficult. So if you don't have a previous save state, there's nothing you can do other than what your characters are currently equipped with, what items you currently have. You just got to figure it out. Um, and it's like and 20 that, hours in, right, would you say? Yeah, it's pretty far in. And <laughs> actually, um, that happened to me last night in Tactics Ogre. There was exactly that situation where uh, you go into a stronghold, they call them in this game, where there are multiple battles. Of course, I had my extra save state, but I didn't need it. Um, but it was a one-on-one -on -one battle, the main character versus your arch enemy. Uh, and fortunately, I was at the low end of the level cap, but I had those experience charms that I mentioned. So I was able to level up my guy all the way to make him more competitive. And then I gave him something called Grease Boots, uh, which lets him move an extra space, which was one more space than the guy I was fighting could move. So I could always stay a step ahead of him. And then I was picking up the buff cards that I was talking about. So the strength buff cards. Um, and then there are abilities that may or may not auto-trigger at the start of your turn uh, that are random that you can equip on your character. And one of mine uh, boosts my character's attack, one of the auto-triggers. So I just waited for that auto-trigger to happen. And then I had a blue buff strength card. So uh, once I had those buffs on, then I would go and attack the guy, do some damage, back off a little bit. Uh, heal if I needed to, just because I again I had that extra move, uh, and then was able to beat him after I think two or three hits. So it happened. Wow. Happened in Tactics wow. Ogre. Yeah. It's, yeah, you're uh, right. You those, those buff cards they do come in handy then. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to talk about for Tactics Ogre? I don't think so. Um, I, I guess. I would recommend it to anybody who likes tactical RPGs. Um, I I don't know what other type of person would be into this type of game. I guess anybody really that likes RPGs would be into it, um, especially retro RPGs. But again, it doesn't have that retro feel, so I don't know. Yeah, well, you guys sold me on it, so uh, that'll probably be my next game purchase, I would think. It's great. Yeah, I, it's great. I had as much fun with it as uh triangle strategy in terms of you know looking forward to my sessions with it and just enjoying every second of those sessions nice good all right well transitioning into nibble bits so the main thing i have for nibble bits this week is the game awards which all the nominees were announced i probably won't go through all of these but we'll cover some of the main ones honestly a lot of them are for the same like four or five games a lot of the awards. Um, it's kind of disappointing. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So game. the, okay. So we'll start with game of the year. Game of the year. Obviously that's, that's the big one. Uh, the nominees are Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Those six games are most of the like direction or soundtrack or what have you awards with a few like get, that get subbed out uh, here and there. So again, game of the year nominees, Plague Tale, Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. The only one I won't get to this year is Xenoblade, because I'm waiting until the start of next year. Okay. But I haven't played Requiem yet, but I think those games are all 
pretty deserving. Um, you can sub out a couple different games for any combination of games in there, but I think that's a really good list, personally. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so, uh, for example, I will go into Best Game Direction. Nominees, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality, which is a, a different one, and then Stray. Uh, next category, Best Narrative, Plague Tale Requiem. Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality, which that's the second time that's popped up. I'm not familiar with that game at all. I'll have to check it out. Now, you guys like Elden Ring a lot. Best narrative? I've played like eight hours. There's no narrative. Nah. So, I've beaten it. There is narrative. It's understated and in the background. It, like a lot like the, a lot of the other Souls games, uh, it does have more of a narrative than the Souls games. It does get more interesting the later you get into the game. Um, so, that being so, that being said, uh, it, nothing like some of the other games on there. So the thing that I notice is the game does environmental storytelling extremely mm-hmm. well. Yeah, that's a, a Soulsborne like staple. So I'm wondering if they're including that into the narrative. Yeah, there's a little bit of that, but the, the, um, you get to, you kind of get to know some of the characters. A lot of it, honestly, would probably probably most people just missed. And I wouldn't know a lot of the stuff that I did without having to look some stuff up. Um, like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, I never picked up on that, you know, throughout the game. I was more concerned with staying alive. Mm-hmm. So. I was curious what you guys thought, because uh, to my friends, I'm the Elden Ring hater. Mm-hmm. So I try, I'm, I'm trying my best to be unbiased. I'm not uh I'm not super supportive of Elden Ring. I I I like it a lot. I think it's a a wonderful game, but uh I don't pump it up too much. Y- y'all are cray. That's what well, that's all I have to say. My only thing is I think the game gets handled with kids gloves when it's talked about like in games media or fans. I think people don't um acknowledge that anything's ever wrong with it ever and that annoys me. Also Forbidden West came out the same time and that game got shat on by everybody sure it's a little def- little was a little defensive yeah yeah to, to ignore any of the flaws is definitely not cool um but i don't know i think the again sparks of hope uh speaking of kid <laughs> kids gloves you know what did, what review score did that get like a eight, high 80s right well, yeah, yeah i think 85 I mean, I mean come on which is only what four points away from elden ring <laughs> please <laughs> I mean, I, I really like Sparks of Hope, but it, it doesn't even come close to Elden Ring, in my opinion. So, I think my favorite podcast development this year is Corey's uh, Sparks of Hope. <laughs> Sparks of Hope hate. No, I, I, and, well, I think I need to say out loud here that I think it's a good game. It's just it's not offering the game universe anything, in my opinion. Yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, well, my I mean... I, I and I like it, but I'm willing to admit its faults. It didn't. It didn't really expand upon the original. I think it simplified the original, which I don't. Yeah. Really care for, but no. Uh, best art direction: uh, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Scorn, and Stray. Scorn's the different one in there. Uh, I haven't played Scorn yet, but it's on my list. Best score in music: uh, Tactics Ogre. Oh. No, Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Metal Hellsinger. Don't know that one. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. It's like Doom, Dan. Oh, gotcha. 
Best Audio Design, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Gran Turismo 7. So there you go. Uh, I'm going to go, I'll skip to Best Performance. Best Performance uh, awarded to an individual for voiceover acting, motion, and or uh, performance capture. It's Ashley Birch from Horizon Forbidden West, uh, Charlotte McBurney nice. from Plague Trail, Tale Requiem, Christopher Judge from God of War Ragnarok, uh, Man, Man, Manon Gage from Immortality, and Sonny Suljic from God of War Ragnarok. So that's good stuff. Always a big fan of Ashley Birch. Uh, her voice is fantastic. Uh, yes. Obviously agreed. Chloe from, from uh, Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. Games for Impact, uh, A Memoir Blue, As Dusk Falls, Citizen Sleeper. Did you play Citizen Sleeper, Corey? Sure did. Okay, I thought so. Uh, Endling, Extinction is Forever, Hindsight, I Was a Teenage Exocolonist. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, best Ongoing, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. No surprises there. Best Indie Game, Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, Stray, and Tunic. That's a good list. Yeah. Played a couple of those, anyway. I think Corey would disagree with Tunic. Right, Corey? Yeah, he, hate, he hates Tunic. Oh, come on. I hardly played it. <laughs> <laughs> Best mobile game, Apex, Legends Mobile, Diablo Immortal, Genshin Impact, Marvel Snap, Tower Fantasy. Best community support, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. Uh, innovation in accessibility as Dusk Falls. I, I wish they would give, uh, at least they haven't here, but why, like why it was nominated for Yeah, what they awards. did. Yeah. Because this category, specifically, I don't know what, what they added. Uh, so the the games were As Dust Falls, God of War, Ragnarok, Return to Monkey Island, The Last of Us Part 1, and The Quarry. Uh, best AR VR game, After the Fall, Among Us VR, Bone Lab, Moss Book 2, and Red Matter 2. Best Action Game, Bayonetta 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Neon White, Sifu, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Best Action Adventure, Plague Tale Requiem, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Tunic. Best Role Playing, Elden Ring, Live Alive, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Sorry, Corey. What? Triangle, best RPG. Triangle That's Strategy ridiculous. and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. There's your kid gloves again, Will. <laughs> Jeez. I liked it, and I don't feel like it deserves to be on that list. But I don't really consider it an list. RPG. Yeah, it's very light on the RPG elements. Yeah, it's more of an adventure game. God. Best fighting, DNF Duel, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, All-Star Battle R, The King of Fighters, Multiversus, and Sifu. Uh, best family game, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. That's a favorite in my household. Lego, Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga, Mario and Rabbids, Sparks of Hope, Nintendo Switch Esports, and Splatoon 3. 
the best sim strategy game dune spice wars mario and rabbit sparks of hope total war warhammer 3 two point campus and victoria 3 uh best sports racing game uh f f1 2022 fifa 23 nba 2k23 gran turismo 7 and ali ali world Best Multiplayer, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Multiverses, Overwatch 2, Splatoon 3, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. Surprised that wasn't up for Best Indie as well. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, content Creator of the Year, Carl Jake's, Jacobs, Ludwig, Nibelian, Nabru, and QT Cinderella. I think I only know of Nebelian because he was in the news recently. Okay. After that, I don't know any of. Yeah, them. Ludwig is the only one I've heard of, and I, I I don't know anything that he's done. So. Ludwig is one of uh, Bowser's kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you're is. right. Uh, best de- debut indie: uh, Neon White, Norco, Stray, Tunic, and Vampire Survivors. Another good list. Best adaptation. Uh, Arcane League of Legends, Cyberpunk, Edge Runners, The Cuphead Show, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, or Uncharted. I actually like this category. I've seen all of those except for, um, what were they again? Uh, Arcane League of Legends, Cyberpunk, Edge Runners, Cuphead Show, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I haven't seen Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I've seen the rest of them. You watched the Uncharted movie? Yeah. Was it bad? No, I liked it. It was good. Nice. Did you, Corey, did you uh, uh, when you were watching House of the Dragon, did you see the the previews for Last of Us? No. It's got uh, Pedro Pascal as Joel. No, I must not. Uh, I must have skipped it or didn't pay attention. And the girl that plays Leanna Mormont is is Ellie. Oh, nice. Yeah. No. It looks okay. really good. I, I might <laughs> end up watching it. I think that show is going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, I really it, do. It looks. I mean, it's got two Game of Thrones actors in it, so. Of course, that makes me interested. Uh, but the best adaptation is recognized outstanding creative work that faithfully and authentically adapts a video game to another entertainment medium. I think that's an important thing to do. Not change it. Not like the original Super Mario Brothers that was not faithful at all to the source material. You know? Or the Witcher show to which uh, Henry Cavill has quit. Right. Uh, most anticipated Final Fantasy XIV Final Fantasy 16, I'm sorry. Hogwarts Legacy, uh, Resident Evil 4, Starfield, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. That's a tough list. I don't know which of those I prefer. Best esports, Counter-Strike, Global Offensive, Dota 2, League of Legends, Rocket League, Valorant. Just a couple more here. Uh, Best esports athlete. Oh boy, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pronounce any of these names. <laughs> Jong Jihoon or Chovi, uh, Lee Sang Hyuk, uh, Faker, Finn Kerrigan Anderson, uh, Alexander Simple Kostliev, uh, Jacob Ye Whitaker. I know Not none dead. of them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They're probably all either. Overwatch League people too. Uh, it says what they do. Um. Oh no, it doesn't. Just what what organizations they're a part of? Oh, oh, okay, yeah. League of Legends, League of Legends, Counter Strike Go, Counter Strike Go, Valorant. Oh, yeah, not a single Overwatch league. Hmm. 
best esports team is Dark Zero Esports, FaZe Clan, Gen G, LA Thieves, and Loud. Best esports coach. Um, more difficult to pronounce names. Well, I'll go with their their handles. Uh, Blade, BZKA, Doom Bros, Roban, and Score. For the games Counter-Strike Go, Valorant, Valorant, Counter-Strike Go, and League of Legends. And the last category is Best Esports Event. Uh, Evo 2022, 2022 League of Legends World Championship, PGL Major in Antwerp 2022, 2022 the 2022 Mid-Season Invitational, and Valorant Champions 2022. So those are the categories and, and nominees for the Game Awards, which is taking place on the 8th of December. You guys feel inadequate because you don't know the esports scene very well. Um, no, because I, I do sometimes. I don't know about inadequate. I would very much like to pay attention to it, um, but it's it's hard. Like, I, like I don't know what's happening in League of Legends. You know, I right. can kind of discern what's going on in in Overwatch. Uh, I watch competitive Fortnite sometimes, um, but that's not as popular as like League of Legends or Rocket League or something like that. You know? Yeah. I just if I'm watching um, like a Rocket League tournament, I just makes it just makes me want to play Rocket League, you know. Sure. So I'll go and play Rocket League and stop watching the tournament. Right. So it's hard for me to get into it. I, I I don't know. I guess I need a team to root for or something. I need some skin in the game. Can you gamble on those games? Probably. I don't Probably know about in the United States, but somewhere. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. That'll help. Yeah. Get some money on it. <laughs> a little skin in the game. <laughs> Um, I usually find esports kind of boring. Uh, for the sole fact is like the metas are always the same, and like both teams, like for an Overwatch, for example, um, the same five characters are used for both teams. Yeah, and like everything is so mechanical, and they know it by the book, and they they just like they'll all use their alts in the same team fight, and it's just whoever was a little bit more accurate that one way. I just find it kind of boring, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I, us- I, I usually don't follow it. I followed Hearthstone a little bit um, back when I was big into Hearthstone. And yeah, the meta aspect of the game is just kind of what made it uninteresting to me because everybody had, well, not everybody had the same deck, but there were only a handful of decks that were competitive with the current meta. Um, So people just had slight variations on those. And from there, it was like, it was just basically luck, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, some players are, are better than others, but mostly mostly luck you know are your cards falling in the right order for you yeah yeah if you're not drawing the right card then i don't yeah. i don't know what kind of uh i don't league or or if for for fortnite for uh zero build i don't know if they do zero build tournaments or if there's a zero build um thing but the 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 building for the players that do use the building is crazy yeah and that sometimes, at least I know what's happening, but, you know, if you were, didn't know what you were watching, uh, people would be like, like, what's, what is this? Um, but it's extremely high level. Uh, so good stuff, though. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other news stories anyone wants to cover? That was kind of, kind of the main one I wanted to, we wanted to talk about. So I have two quick ones really quick. All right. Let's hear it. Actually. Uh, Sonic creator Yuji Naka uh, reportedly got arrested for insider trading, which 
I shouldn't laugh, but I got to chuckle out of um, whatever, you know, insider trading so big with our politicians over here in America. It's funny to see people getting busted for it in other countries. And yeah. Not here. Um, so uh, he made Balan Wonderland, too, which is a uh, game that really was a giant stinker that he got into a big beef with Square Enix publicly over it, too. So there's a lot going on with him. So got a good chuckle out of that story. Nice. Um, and Blizzard delayed their mid-season update for Overwatch 2 due to a critical issue. Um, they didn't really specify what it was, but uh, May has been disabled for like three weeks at this point um, because of some glitch going on. Uh, and a lot of characters, who, some who need to be nerfed, some who don't need to be nerfed, um, were in this patch, were basically getting... Uh, this got delayed and they said that they'll have it coming in the coming days so okay yeah um but other than that not too much anything Corey? no all right how, how was your week Corey? uh good i like i said I, I played a lot of tactics ogre reborn i filled up a lot of my free time i uh, went to see wakanda forever uh ducked out of work a little early on wednesday I'm not crazy about the Marvel movies, but I appreciate them individually, I guess. Um, which people are often surprised by because they know I love video games and nerdy things, you know, science fiction movies and TV shows and fantasy books and stuff like that. So people are always surprised by the fact that I'm not into the comic book universes at all. Uh, but I think I was thinking about it yesterday, why that's the case. And I think for me, at least in the Marvel universe, there are no rules. It's just like anything goes, whatever they come up with. It's just like, okay, this person has this crazy superpower and it just totally blows up the, the rules of the universe in which these characters exist. Um, I haven't had this conversation with a Marvel super fan, so I'm sure they would have a good retort for that. Uh, and I'm willing to be honest and upfront about that. But just for me, like I need some constraints on the, the, the world that like has to have some rules for me. Otherwise I'm just not interested in the, anything goes, um, approach to to a fictional universe. Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm also not a fan. I actually really loved like the first round of the movies. I, I love the first Iron Man. Um, I watched the second Iron Man, like the early the early Spider Mans and, and stuff like that, and I really liked it. But then it like it just they just keep coming, and it's to me it's oversaturated. And um, I'm not a big and, movie guy in general anyway, so I have zero interest in watching any of them anymore and they have that very like cringy way of doing comedy and yeah. them too <laughs> yeah like, well i guess cringy... we don't have to do anything now <laughs> like, yeah there's okay. there's a lot of that uh and dan you saying you're not being a movie guy this movie was i think two hours and 40 minutes oh, which is a really long time to sit in a theater i think i fell asleep three different times um it was the, in the the up here in our theater, they call it the MXC theater, but it's the one with the reclining seats, and you can heat them if you want. Uh, so they're very, very cozy and comfy, and it's a great place to take a nap. Which sucks because when you pay to go see a movie, you want to enjoy the movie. But I didn't. I did enjoy it. I think it's a it's a great movie. Mm -hmm. um, but again, just on its own, I don't. I could give two shits about the greater marvel universe i went with a friend and he was asking me questions about the characters he was like so is this just about the sister or is the does the brother come back and i'm like i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, i don't know any of these characters just I here just for the show the 
I liked the first Black Panther. Um, I like Michael B. Jordan a lot. Um, so I was looking forward to this new one, and it was good. I uh, Trailers, though, the new Avatar movie looks awesome. Can't wait to see that. Uh-huh. I do want to see that, too. That looks awesome. Wakanda Forever and Avatar 2 are the only two movies that semi-interested me this year. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, anything else, um, Corey? I don't think so. We're... Uh, what are we watching? We started watching something else I can't recall now. Yeah, nothing super interesting. Okay, what do you got for us, Will? Not a whole lot. Um, I just spent the last, I don't know, week uh, doing some painting for mom and dad, uh, which was fine. And then I ended up breaking the stove. So uh, that became a disaster. But other than that, uh, any free time, just trying to play through the copious amount of games that I have on my backlog. Um, I have a list of things that I want to try and complete by the end of the year for the thummies just because I have a pretty good list of stuff that I played this year. So just trying to trying to get some of the heavy hitters and have enough time for some of the final stuff coming out like in December that I want to play. So what's coming out in December? Uh, Callisto protocol. Uh, okay. Which I'm really excited to have, um, cause me and Johnny split everything for oh, the nice. most part. So that helps out. And yeah. then, uh, crisis core final fantasy seven. Ah, gotcha. I was thinking about it. I don't know how many like remakes or remasters you guys played this year, but if you guys all played a decent amount of stuff, we should have an award where it's like the deja vu category or something like that, where it's like best game that has already come out before. Sure. Because like I've played so many remakes and remasters this year. Yeah. So that works for me. But yeah, that's about it though. Okay. Um, I don't really have anything I feel like I need to talk about. I haven't, I haven't done much other than play video games and hold on for dear life. Oh, uh, it, w- winter has kind of uh, started abruptly here in upstate New York. It's beautiful. Uh, no, no. My, uh, <laughs> my seasonal affective disorder has definitely kicked in, and you just feel the motivation and fire just slipping, you know? <laughs> sucks but i went for a walk the other night and it started snowing in the middle of it and i was like i was giddy i was excited yeah yeah uh you know a lot of people like like what you know when it first starts and then as it wears on and it's april and it's still 30 degrees then people are like eh. snowstorm um, in april yeah but i have you know i've got five kids who don't like the cold who don't like to wear coats hats shoes gloves jackets you know it's makes it worse that much worse than than even (laughs) you know when i was just by myself so yeah that would definitely be that would be challenging to deal with i would hate the winter too yeah uh let's move on to what we played will what have you been playing um a lot of god of war ragnarok um I don't want to say too much just because I don't want to spoil any of it, but I think that game's really awesome. Um, I actually, I I bought a book and started reading a book for the first time in like probably since high school. Um, it's a uh, Norse mythology by Neil Gaiman. Oh, uh-huh. um, 
basically what he does is he breaks down all the major um myths in norse mythology and like he dramatizes them a little bit obviously but basically that's what it is because i guess like norse mythology is more um it's not like greek mythology where they have like the greeks wrote and the romans wrote literally every single thing down the um uh the norsemen didn't really do that so a lot of their stories are kind of lost to time there's like a ton of different gods that they don't we don't have any like stories about other than we know that they existed um so it's basically a kind of a comprehensive list but I did that because I bought it and started reading it while I played God of War Ragnarok because I was watching a reviewer and they said that um, the writing is so skillfully done, especially if you have um, know the main stories and the myths about all of the, the Norse mythology, because then you can see what Santa Monica studio did to um, change parts of it, but keep it still intact. Like, like, apparently they did a really excellent job. And I've actually been noticing that now that I've been reading some of these stories. I now know who more of these characters are and stuff like that. So it's, like, really cool. So I'm actually excited to get to the Ragnarok part uh, and compare it to how the book and the normal mythology goes versus how um, the game does it. But, yeah, I think Ragnarok's a pretty awesome game. Um, I didn't think anything was beating Elden Ring. But if I were to guess, the only thing that has a chance for Game of the Year this year would be Ragnarok for the Game Awards, um, just because people seem to be really digging that. So, uh, playing that Tactics Ogre, uh, I'm gonna start Pokemon today, and I've been playing Triangle Strategy. I'm only on chapter four or five on that. I'm basically going to the mines right now where Dragon is for the two of you who have played it. So, um, that's what I'm doing currently. So. Um, Nice. But that game's growing on me more than I play it, too. And I already liked it beforehand, so. Um, but, yeah, that's really kind of all. I, and Overwatch. I play Overwatch almost every day, so. Sounds good. That's going to be my game of the year. Overwatch, when are too. You guys gonna, when are you guys going to play Symphony of War? Come on. I'm going to try. Probably when you watch Castlevania. Never. <laughs> I've watched Castlevania. I'm more likely to play... Um, Symphony of War than I am to watch Castlevania. I haven't downloaded it on Steam, Corey. 2023 is my year of the JRPG, so. <laughs> got Xenoblade, Tales of Arise, Symphony of War. I got a bunch of stuff. And new ones we'll probably get. There's probably a new Tales game coming next year, right? There's a remaster of Tales of Symphonia, actually. Yeah. I never I played how, it. I don't know how interested. I played it. I don't know how interested I am that i don't think i'll get it i'm more interested in playing arise there's a new uh dragon quest too right yeah 12 12 will probably be out next year and there's uh uh, maybe there's something coming out like next week or december right dragon quest dungeons or something like that maybe Maybe crisis crisis core remaster no (laughs) (laughs) not that I don't know. But I have a whole list of JRPGs that I'm going to try and play uh, next year. Nice. I uh, Since Tactics Ogre grabbed me, I've kind of stopped with um, Persona, but I will get back to that. Oh, yeah. Don't 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 lose that one. No, I won't. I, uh, I enjoyed what I played. I don't think I talked about that last week. I think I, we said we I would talk about it, and then I didn't. But um, maybe it's because I just haven't played enough to really have anything interesting to say about it. I will say I like how it deals with 
some heavier themes, but does so in like a kind of fun way. <laughs> yeah, the first uh, the first villain, I was like, Jesus, this is yeah. like this is heavy. Yeah. They, they lean pretty heavy into that. Does it <laughs> does it stay that? Is that like what the game is about, or does it expand to something a little more mythical after the first? Mythical because. Honestly, I thought, and this isn't like a knock on the game because I still think they do a really good job. I thought that Kamoshida, who's the first villain, for quite a while was probably the best, um, the best like villain because he was easily the most hateable. Oh, yeah. After that, after that, it's kind of like some of them. Uh, the next one, I was like, eh, on really to be honest. Um, but I, the other ones are they do a good job the palaces are what make them all really cool until the very last one in the the extra semester i think he's the best like villain in the game um just because i think he's a way more compelling character i think he's more nuanced um but yeah there's some good villains but kamoshida i think is the the best villain in the base game okay yeah i i think he was great did you do his palace and everything uh i've yeah well i don't know what you mean by did i do it i've been to it a few times okay no yeah that's what i was curious because you yeah. do like you'll know when you end up beating that palace and everything i was curious if, if you've done it yeah we've been we've been in a couple times you like the ninja through. crawling aspect uh yeah i mean I, I i guess i haven't really done it enough to form a full opinion about it uh, doing stealth is always annoying in games for the most part um but i don't know let me ask you this question because it just popped into my head when i did the tutorial i was able to like run and hide behind crates mm -hmm. is there a way to trigger that or was that just showing me in the tutorial that i can hide behind crates uh when you get close to it you should be able to like press i think a to snap to it there's a button to snap to it yeah but not everything you can do it on okay Really, you you don't really need to go too hard at it. Really, you just don't want to be in front of that. I mean, even if you like you have a high alertness level, it really doesn't affect too much. Okay. You'll just be doing more combat. Alrighty. And if you want to like power level, that's a good way to do that. So. And there's also a social link too that you can do. I don't think you ever you probably don't have it unlocked yet. But if you have a high alertness level in there you can do an ability that lowers it because of a social link. So. Okay. All right. Where were we? Will. Oh, you will. You were talking about your games, right? Yeah, no, I was on to Corey. Okay. Corey, what do you got? Nothing. I just tactics ogre. And then uh, we talked a little bit about persona. What's is Pokemon out today? Sure you getting, is. You got, are you guys both getting it? No, I'm not getting it. I guess it runs very poorly on yeah, Switch. That's what I I read that review. 95 on Rotten or Open. It's critics. actually really. I think it's getting killed. No, I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I don't. People think... finally like. All right, enough's enough. It We've played this game ten times uh, now. 76. So apparently a lot of people said that this is the first time it looks like they've tried in a mainline game in a while, but it runs so poorly that it kind of takes away from it. Huh. What does that I tell guess you? It tells me two things. Game Freak is a bad developer. And there needs to be a new Switch. Yeah. 
Yeah, both of those things are true. And because, you know, you see games that run well on the Switch, like even The Witcher runs decently yeah. and looks decent on the Switch, like or The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, I should say. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's no reason why why Game uh, Game Freak can't get uh, Pokemon running decently on the Switch. I I guess too like uh this was on Reddit so who knows they like to over exaggerate a little bit so who knows how true this is I'll be able to tell you next week but uh you know how like you would go into towns and you could enter all these different houses and stuff like that and talk to all these different people I guess that's not even that's not a thing anymore every mm -hmm. door is like locked you can't go in huh. which if that's true that's that's crazy to me I don't I don't know what they're doing I really don't interesting well, we'll it looks see. like a ps1 game too by the way <laughs> yeah i don't get it because you know there's games like i said that are masterpieces on the switch that look really good xenoblade um, yeah uh more recently near automata near. Is, runs really well i guess on the switch and you know it's pretty seamless if you've played it on any other platforms it may not look quite as good but it runs as well you know so. It just sucks because I think Pokemon has a really high potential to be an awesome franchise, but I feel like Game Freak holds it back so much, but Nintendo has no incentive to do anything because they don't fully own Pokemon, and why would they if they sell 30 million copies yeah. every year? That's exactly what it is. You know, they don't need to... It's going gonna, it's gonna to sell a lot of copies, regardless. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I shouldn't have bought it, but I did. So... I'm sure that'll happen a lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my turn, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have anything uh, additional to add. Um, I've been playing Sparks of Hope and, and Fortnite just about every night. So uh, nothing really to talk about there. Uh, but we did get feedback that I wanted to get to. So that's also part of the reason why I'm not even going to bother. We don't even solicit feedback anymore. No. Uh, really? Yeah, we got feedback. We don't accept feedback anymore. No, we do. We're we done. accept it. No, we don't. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll have to <laughs> reprimand whoever this is. <laughs> All right, here we go. Is it mom? <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys are still. Ooh, it's a uh, voicemail? Yeah. Any it's Tate. Feedback or not? Hey. Figured I'd give it a whirl since you guys have started making some episodes. Ah, uh, so Dan, it is cutting in um, and out. Anyways, uh, it's good to. Is that better? Good to yeah. hear from you guys again. Um, I've listened. I've been listening to all your episodes so far, and sounds like uh, you guys are all doing good. It's awesome to hear. Um, um, I don't know really what to talk about here, other than. Uh, I guess video games have really become a much bigger part of my life lately than I think they ever have been, but for different reasons. Um, I know that most of you guys, I think all of you actually follow me on social media in some form or another and may have seen some of the events that have gone on with my family um, this past summer. Um, but yeah, my... My dad unexpectedly passed away from a stroke, and uh, it's been kind of a crazy time for us, and um, 
for me specifically, uh, my dad was pretty much my best friend. We talked every single day, and so that's been a weird adjustment for me. But um, video games have really uh, played a big part um, in my coping, I guess. Um, and, you know, we all play video games for various reasons, but I think one that we all kind of have in common is to kind of escape from reality for a while. And uh, um, that's what I've been using it for a lot, just kind of trying to get out of my own head, get out of my um, my head space and just trying to lose myself in a different world for a while. And it's been good to have those. Um, uh, lately... I've been playing, I was kind of in a little bit of a funk for a bit, because I was kind of bored of everything else I was playing, but I decided to replay uh, The Outer Worlds, so I'm in the middle of a playthrough of that right now, and um, I first played it right when it came out, so I played it like the day that it came out, and it was pretty janky in some ways, and there was some bugs and some, I don't know, I just, I wasn't super into it, but, like, I liked, it reminded me of Fallout, and it was in space, and I, you know, I just, it scratched the edge for me at the time, um, I hadn't touched it since then, and now, it's got all sorts of updates and everything, and it, it plays really, really well, um, I think it looks great. The story's fun, the characters are fun. Um, anyways, I'm really enjoying this playthrough, and I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited for the second one to come out whenever that comes out, but, um, anyways, so that's what I'm kind of playing through right now is the Outer Worlds. Um, I'm really looking forward to 2023, if all the games that are supposed to come out do, it is going to be a great gaming year for me. Um, top of the list that I am the most excited for, if it comes out, is NCAA 24. Um, yep. Oh, yeah. I've talked about how NCAA 14 has been one of my favorite games, and I always go back and play it every year. Um, I have officially retired from that game, knowing that there's another one coming out next year, at least I hope. And I'm really looking forward to it, and I hope that EA doesn't mess it up. So I guess we'll find out. Um, number two on my list that I'm excited for is Starfield. Um, just seeing some of the gameplay from that and seeing what that looks like. I'm really, really stoked for Starfield. I hope that that ends up coming out next year. Um, I'm excited for the Harry Potter game coming out. I'm not like the biggest Harry Potter fan in the world, but I do like Harry Potter, um, and I'm excited to play through that and see how that goes, um, and, oh, the other thing that I'm super stoked about, I forgot to mention, um, the Witcher 3 update just got announced, it's coming out on December 14th, and I am gonna do my sixth playthrough of The Witcher when that comes out. I'm excited to see what changes they made and how to make it, how they made it look nicer and better. And it was already a beautiful, fun, awesome game, but I'm excited to see how they made it even better. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my gaming stuff going on. And 
Um, my, uh, just talking sports, um, as I don't know if you guys would remember, but I am a Broncos fan, mm-hmm. and uh, if that makes you laugh, I'm with you. <laughs> um, so that was part one. Tate sent in part two. Also, Tate, sorry to uh, hear about your dad. I actually I did know about that um, because, like he said, I follow him on social media. So yeah, um, so sorry to hear that. Yeah, I actually deleted uh, my Instagram and stuff like that, so I did not know that. But I'm really sorry to hear that as well. Yeah. That is not easy. Uh, where are we? Oh, come on. I have all my apps like organized into folders in the in the back. and if I, I play this on Firefox, which is not an app I use very much, so I didn't know where it was. You know. Come on, Dan. I know. Well, I, I would have had it prepared, but I didn't know we had feedback until I was like, I'm going to, you know, while you guys were talking, I was like, I'm going to check and see if we got any feedback. And sure enough, we did. Yeah, sure enough. Which is great. Sorry, that last one got cut off. Um, anyways, but yes, I am a Broncos fan. And Oof. it is the biggest joke to be a Broncos fan right now. But you gotta stay true even through the shitty times. So that's what I'm doing. That's what my family's doing. We are staying br- uh, staying true to the orange and blue. Even though there's a little bit more blue, especially in our emotions, trying to watch that team figure out how to move a football down the field <laughs> with a $240 million quarterback at the helm. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, I think probably one of the only ones who's probably very happy right now is Eric with the Bills. I I really think that they are going to win the Super Bowl this year if Josh Allen can stay healthy, but anyways, um, yeah, so I just wanted to give some feedback and uh, talk a little bit about some of the games I've been playing. I also downloaded Modern Warfare 2 today. I'm not a huge Call of Duty person, but my brother decided he was going to get it, and so we game shared, and um, I'm excited to give it a try. Why not? Anyways, hope you guys are all doing good, and it's been great to hear from you guys again and listen to the last few episodes um you guys are making me want to buy a playstation so i can try god of war ragnarok i've never played a god of war game because i've never had a playstation but you're making me want one um anyways yeah hope you guys are doing well and i'll write in again some other time taterade out all right. Good to hear from you, Tate. I uh, appreciate yeah. the feedback. Very nice. Um, uh, I have uh, Russell Wilson as my dynasty quarterback, mm. so I have been extremely disappointed. I read a stat that if the Broncos scored 18 points in every game this year, they'd be 8-1. Really? O- only 18 points, yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> That's how like bad they've been. Um. 
the craziest thing, the craziest stat I saw in football was the Giants differential, point differential. Yeah. For the record. They're only plus <laughs> plus six yeah. last week. Yeah. Yeah. They've won that many one score games. That's crazy. Makes me happy. I mean, it's fun when the Giants are good. Like, I actually care about football a little bit. Yeah. It's gonna be. I'm gonna be interested to see what they do because they're gonna have a decent enough record that they're not gonna draft high enough. Because Dayball's been an, a beast for them. So yeah. I don't know what they're gonna end up doing. If they're gonna keep Daniel Jones and tell themselves he's gonna be good, or probably. Yeah. Sounds like something the Giants would do. That's what I'm then... kind of worried about and then losing the first round of the playoffs for the next 10 years like the maple leafs <laughs> <laughs> exactly the the uh, weird thing about the giants this year though is that they're uh fun to watch yeah that hasn't happened in god i don't even know how long their defense flies out there yeah and Barkley's awesome. They've too. got got a lot of talent. Dexter Lawrence is amazing in the for the interior line. Dexter Lawrence and uh, and um, uh, Williams, Leonard Williams. Honestly, if they had a couple good receivers, I think they would uh, they would be a, a a contender. Yeah. Okay. Kenny Galladay dropping balls out there. I can't believe how much they're paying him for him to do that. It's like paying Russell Wilson two hundred and forty five million dollars to not score 18 points for you yeah um but yeah good to hear from you tate um yeah buy a playstation but yeah i would love to have a playstation as well so just do it yeah not with christmas coming up that's true (laughs) and maybe i'll trade in um what's coming out is anything coming out for switch soon that i would want my switch for you don't care about Fire Emblem, right? I could be swayed to play a Fire Emblem. Because Fire Emblem Engage comes out in January, and then Tears of the Kingdom is May. May. And those aren't coming out on PC. No, well, the Fire Emblem's not coming out on PC, right? Tears of the Kingdom's Legend of Zelda. It's Breath of the Wild no, 2. Fire Emblem, though. Oh, no. That's a sw- oh. yeah, Switch only. Switch only. Unless you download the Yuzu emulator. Hmm. No, those days have <laughs> passed me by. I don't have the patience to toy with that stuff anymore. Yeah, I'm the same way. <laughs> uh, okay. <clears throat> I was gonna say maybe I'll trade in my Switch and in, in the game the games that I have for it and get a PlayStation. But yeah, how are you gonna play Final Fantasy 16? When's that release date? Summer 23. Oh yeah, you remember my theory though. Was what? it? Final Fantasy, I said they'll push to November. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then ultimately end up pushing to 2024. I would agree right. with you, but they just said they're 99% done, hmm. or something like that, which is crazy. Well, when the decision makers play it and they decide this game sucks, then back to the drawing board. Well, so this guy is the guy who saved Final Fantasy 14. Ah. Uh, the the golden child. Yeah, he's like the the star of Square Enix. So I'm hoping that he. Imagine being that guy. It's a lot of pressure. Hey. Yeah. You should look You're... him up, Naoki Yoshida. He's an interesting dude. Yeah. Very interesting dude. He, I like. There's a lot of like visionaries in the industry. Like Ken Levine's one of them. I think Neil Druckmann's one of them. Um, 
Yeah, there's a bunch of them. I think for the JRPG section, I could see him becoming one. Just like, uh, you know, when he's working on a game, like, it's going to be pretty awesome. Kojima is another one. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Any other thoughts? What are we doing next week? Pokemon. Are you going to get get enough Pokemon in, Will? Or don't you think so? If it runs that poorly, I might wait for a patch. Mm-hmm. But, yes, I should be able to play it. I'm actually kind of excited to play it. Well, you know what? I might not be available Friday morning. I forgot next week is Thanksgiving. So you guys might oh, need to go without right. me. Oh, that's right. We um, could also do like Wednesday if that's easier. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really care. I can do any day. Thanksgiving. It's it's just tough for me to commit. I'll do my best um, just because that's the big family event around here. So yeah. my time is not my own. If Ooh. you can think you can do uh, Wednesday morning, Corey, even like Tuesday night, we'll do that. If not, we can keep it Friday and Wednesday morning looks good right now, but again, I don't won't know for sure probably until Tuesday or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I'm good. So we'll 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 discuss off air, but we'll we'll have an episode next week, even if it's an early one All or right. or a late one. Who knows? Yeah. Anything else? Cool. No. Okay. Yeah. That'll do it for episode five eleven of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host Dan. I'm Will. Thanks for listening and get out of my basement.